0: This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company, Country Life by Peter Briffer.
1: landed on your feet, haven't you? The house, this garden.
0: But I've always lived here.
1: But this hedge. You've got a new shed.
0: It's not exactly new. I couldn't just leave it. We could have it out here if you like. Why not? It's lovely weather. Shall
1: I uh, come in and help?
0: No, no. You just make yourself at home. Put your feet up. You've had a tiring day. Hmm.
1: Looks like someone was going to have a bonfire.
0: I wouldn't go down there, Jim. There's a dead badger stinking the place out. Do you take sugar?
1: Oh, no. No, thanks. Sweet enough. Uh, No milk, either.
0: It's been down there for days, apparently. Black tea, eh?
1: Please? Uh, What happened?
0: Old age, I expect. They don't get rabies these days, do they?
1: No. This is a lovely garden I'd forgotten. We used to spend hours out here, didn't we? I live in a one-bedroom flat, you know, in Croydon. Yes, you said. I like it there. People feel sorry for me, I know. They shift away when I tell them. But it's very convenient if you want to go to London or Devon or France. Mind you, I don't have a garden. Are you just going to leave it there?
0: What do you want me to do? I'm not going to bury it.
1: She was a lovely woman. I know it was only four months, but she was never malicious never had a bad word to say about anyone, whereas I have bad words to say about everybody. But she took it well, my banter. I wish I'd known her in her prime. Terrific lady. Absolutely terrific. Yes. Yes, she was. I met her again on Facebook. I know some people think that's just for young people, but we old folk have friends too. More of them as well, if you consider all the ones we've collected over the years. Ah, it was my favourite time. Not that I've had a miserable life, but looking back, coming here in the war, fabulous. Never a care in the world. I remember you two, and Dorothy, of course. Could have been yesterday. Anyway, i have been listening to some children on a bus. There they all were, rabbiting away about the internet, their friends and all that palaver. So I thought, well, why not? I looked her up. And there she was. Same surname and everything. I'll send her an email. The rest is history. I'm on Facebook. Are you?
0: Why not? It's interesting. Fascinating seeing what others have been up to all these years. Friends reunited too. Fascinating.
1: Oh, it is. I didn't know. If I'd known, I'd have looked you up. You must have forgotten me. Oh, it's a long time ago. But you married, right? She never did.
0: I suppose I'd clean forgotten you I spend hours on it Searching, hunting for old friends Never seem to find any
1: of them They'd probably all died oh, oh, I think it's my memory It just goes Or they could have moved Changed her name when they got married Women, of course, most unfair Elsie Edwards Remember her?
0: Yes, I do Elsie Edwards I think I last saw her in a charity shop in Barnstable somewhere. Must be ten years ago now.
1: Really? Dear old Elsie, do you know where she is? How's she keeping? She was the first girl I ever kissed. Has she still got those freckles?
0: Oh, no. She passed away quite some time ago now.
1: Oh, I liked her. What about Lynn Goldwater? She was one of the gang, wasn't she?
0: Yes. Yes, lovely Lynn. No, no, she's gone.
1: Remember Karen? Karen Dupont? She was quite a girl, all that flowing red hair.
0: I'm afraid she's no longer with us.
1: Oh, dear.
0: Uh, Trevor Coverdale? Trevor Coverdale. (laughs) Dear old Trevor,
1: no. Don't suppose Roger Twelve Trees is still alive and kicking, is he? Davina? Davina Prendergast? Ah, yes. Yes, she's alive. She's in a coma.
0: It's been three years now. Persistent vegetative state.
1: This is all very pleasant, isn't it?
0: Time for that cup of tea. Would you like some cake? I've got some Madeira cake I made earlier. Oh, that I would. Uh, If
1: it's no trouble.
0: Shan't be long. No milk, no sugar.
1: Hello?
2: Hello? Who are you? I'm Karen. Y- yes I live next door.
0: Where's Barbara? What? Where's Barbara? Oh. Barbara? Hello?
1: Something rather odd just happened. A man came through the hedgerow, couldn't speak a word. Uh, he was mumbling. Mumbling? Do you know him? Poor chap couldn't speak. Uh, is he a vagrant? Oh, no, no, no. That'll be
0: Kenneth. He's just forgotten to put his dentures in. Ah. Oh. He's my neighbour. Very nice chap.
1: Oh, I thought perhaps he was a burglar.
0: Kenneth? Hardly.
1: Well, you get them, don't you? They look through the local paper, see his funeral's taking place and break into the homes of their nearest and dearest. I thought he might be an ne'er-do-well.
0: Kenneth? Quite the opposite. He used to be a policeman. Did he now? Pillar of the community, that man. I once saw him in the high street. There were a couple of teenagers misbehaving. Got their arms behind their backs, then frog-marched them off to the police station. A right pair of reprobates they were. Two teenagers? On his own. The rest of us just stood there watching, open-mouthed.
1: What monstrous felony had they been perpetrating exactly? Putting a poster up on a
0: lamppost. I warn you, you don't want to get the wrong side of Kenneth.
1: Oh, I shall bear it in mind.
0: He used to be quite a big noise in the Metropolitan Police. I could get him round to join us if you like. He likes a nice cup of tea, does Kenneth. Never says no to a slice of Madeira.
1: Yes, why not? Uh, just so long as he doesn't invite me down to the station to help him with his inquiries.
0: Kenneth? Kenneth? There's a pot of tea brewing if you'd like a cup. And some cake. I made it specially. Would he have heard you? Oh, yes. He spends all his waking hours in the garden, always finding things to do. Trim a few roses, have a bonfire, mow the lawn. I don't mind. Saves me from having to do anything. I imagine he was going to do something with the badger. He's the outdoor type, Kenneth is.
1: Oh, I'm an indoor man myself. Just as well, really. Living on the tenth floor of a tower block. Hello, I'm Jim. Kenneth, you must accept
2: my apologies. I neglected to put my teeth in. I was just about to have
0: a bonfire. Hmm, I can see. And you're just in time for a cup of tea with
1: a slice of freshly made madeira cake. That would be most welcome, Barbara. That's a fine-looking pyre you're building there, Kenneth. We're just back from the cremation. Yes, of course. Did it go well? As well as can be expected.
2: I suppose that's where I got the idea from, burning the badger. You should have come along. I never really knew her, Judith. I don't think it's right if you don't really know them.
0: Jim was a friend of hers too, during the war. Jim was an evacuee. He stayed with her for, oh, what, a couple of years, was it?
1: Oh, only six months, but it seemed like forever. At that age, everything does. I was in awe of you, Barbara, completely in awe. You were her comfort and joy these last few months. Oh, it was the least I could do. Once I heard she was ill.
2: So you haven't been around the area for a while then?
1: No. I grew up here, though. I was born in the city, then got farmed out two years after the war started. Didn't like it much. Always been a city boy. Well, suburbs, really. Whereabouts were you born, then? Croydon. Ah,
2: dear old Croydon. You know it? Oh, yes.
1: It's an urban hell. I wouldn't live there if you paid me. Oh, I've only been back a few months. Not long. No? Well, I hadn't been back long when I got in touch with Judith. So I started coming down here, stay the night a bit, hotels, bed and breakfasts. I used to know Croydon. I was a policeman.
2: My first beat was up and down the high street. We met some right villains. They had trams and everything. Trolley buses too. Now the trams have come back again, haven't they? Oh, indeed they have. Just like your good self. Where are you staying the night then?
1: Back home. I've got a ticket. Southwest Trains. Five minutes past five from Totnes. Gets into Waterloo at uh, 7.32. Home by nine o'clock. Might treat myself to a taxi from the station. I would have stayed over in Judith's house. But the kids don't want me back. They made that very plain. They'll probably change the looks. Oh yes, they made their feelings felt in no uncertain terms. They were very short with you. They were, weren't they? They're not even her kids. They're her nieces and nephews. But they've been eyeing up the family silver all right. They were four of the happiest months of my life. Not the happiest four months of her life, but I like to think I helped to ease the pain. They didn't see it like that of course, all they could see was their inheritance being frittered away on some dubious character from Spain. I used to live in the Iberian Peninsula you see, but I had to come back, the cost of living was becoming prohibitive. I bought a tiny flat in Croydon, don't really know anybody there now. I was so lucky meeting Judith again, I don't know what I'd have done, she introduced me to people. Can't have been easy.
2: I mean, she was bedbound the last two years, wasn't she? Crippled with cancer? Can't have been the merriest of social worlds, can it? No, but she was very good to me.
0: I think perhaps I'll go and tell Mother I'm back. Tell her I've got friends over. shan't be a moment. Mother Yes, Mother lives here.
1: Your mother,
0: Moira. she's still with us. Yes, she's ninety-nine.
1: A hundred in November. Ninety-nine. Well, bless my soul. Do I remember Moira? Fearsome woman. She's not quite so rambunctious
0: as she used to be, though she still has her moments.
1: <laughs> Only one bloke at a time, eh? I hope you knock before you go in. She might have one of her gentlemen callers in. You are a one. She could be swinging from the chandeliers. Moira, eh, still clinging on. I couldn't stand her, but then she didn't much like me. It must be 65 years since I last laid eyes on her. I dare say
2: she's changed
1: a bit. I should certainly hope so. After her husband died, she went a bit off the rails. All those men coming back from the war. He was a drunken geezer. Died young, too. Does she ever talk about it? Moira? She's been gaga
2: for half a decade. Oh. I'm Sorry to hear that. Now all she can manage is the... Odd hand gesture. So why'd you leave?
1: I was only a kid. Soon as the war ended, I went home. Anyway, I liked the city. I loved it when the sirens went off. Never took any of it seriously. I'm sure they'd have taken you, the forces. I wish they had. I did my national service. I was a medic in the Navy. So I got the best of both worlds. Save lives and sail the seven seas. Lucky you.
2: I was in the army. I didn't save any lives.
1: Kill any Germans?
2: No. I did shoot some Japanese, but not enough. I know you,
1: don't I? I don't believe so. Was it in the war? Oh, hardly. I never left these shores. Your face is familiar. But friendly, too. You're a villain. I can smell them
2: a mile away. You've got villain written all over you. Villain? What are you
1: insinuating?
2: What were you doing in Spain, then? Hold up with a lolly from a bank job?
1: We're not all East End gangsters out there, mate. No, I retired. From what? Villainy? I don't think we've ever met, Kenneth. If we had, I'd remember it.
2: Not even a spot of safe-cracking at the weekends, just to supplement
1: your income? Not easy when you're cruising down the Med. No, I was a doctor which usually meant dealing with old dears suffering a bit of jippy tummy. There was one occasion I had to sew someone's knee up, but I managed that. I was good with my hands.
2: I bet you were. That'll have come in very useful when you were breaking and entering.
1: You're being very rude, Kenneth. I've a good mind to tell Barbara about you. What kind of a dreadful man she's got as a neighbour. Do you know what happened to me today? It was my girlfriend's funeral. Girlfriend? You were just saying you hardly knew her. Well, I didn't. But what I did know, I liked
2: very much. You prey on old women, don't you? Vulnerable women, just when they're at their weakest. You inveigle yourself into their lives, flatter them and butter them up. Then you strike like a python. I've met your sort before. Doctors. Well, believe me, Barbara doesn't have any money. This is all Moira's. So what do you do? What happened in Spain? Your girlfriend kicked you out of your hacienda?
1: It it was school. That's where I met you. School? I remember you all right. You were a prefect. You made my life hell. I did? Bullies never remember, do they? I was just another victim to you. Why? What did I do? You mean aside from sticking my head in a toilet bowl? You want all the grimy details. Well, I never. What school was this? Remind me. Primary school it was.
2: What's the name? Jim, James Talbot. Not your name, no, the name of the school. Oh, it's a
1: long, long time ago now. Long time now. Go on, have a bash. Why, have you forgotten? The name of the school. St John's School in Broxbourne. <laughs>
2: <laughs> As a shot in the dog, that is a mile off. You didn't think you'd get away with that, did you? I went to the Lime School in Shropshire.
1: Yes, but you weren't sure, were you? You bullied somebody, didn't you? And you still feel bad about it. I'll bet you've done a fair bit of it in your time, you being in the filth. You're a pathological liar. I'm a wind-up merchant. There is a
2: difference. Well, let's get one thing straight. You better watch it with Barbara. She's a fine lady. She's had her heart broken one too many times. If you lay a finger on her, even out of affection, I promise you I will ram that silver tongue of yours back down your throat. Don't say you haven't been warned.
0: She's fine. Having a bit of a snooze, that's all. Now, would anyone care for another cup of tea? Oh Yes,
1: please. I'd love one. No, thanks. You'd better watch the clock, Jim. You could miss your train. No, no. There's still a few left. Every hour at 18 past.
2: I'm sure you don't want to go home in the dark. The mean streets of Croydon can be treacherous.
1: There's no rush. Unless, uh Barbara? No, no. Well, you must have other things to do. Not at all. I could take you to the station. You drive? Certainly.
2: A blue mini-metro gets me to the supermarket and the B&Q, where I work Tuesdays and Fridays, and like some loafers. Come along, we can still make it if we leave now.
0: No, listen, Kenneth. Jim's not in any state to go just yet. We've got plenty of time. You haven't even had a second
2: cup. We haven't time if he wants to make his train. I'll take the next one. You'll have to take a taxi. I won't be here in an hour. It's no trouble for me. I've got to go to Waitrose. It's Wednesday. Always go on a Wednesday. Very generous of you to offer, though, Kenneth. Right. Well, well i better be going, then. Get me bags before the after-school lot get in. Always a bit of a crowd after four bit late for that bonfire. Maybe I'll do it later. Another day won't do any harm, though the badger... OK then, Jim, don't say I didn't offer. It was nice meeting you. I'm very sorry for your loss.
1: Thanks, that's quite all right. It's been a pleasure. Barbara. What a nice chap.
0: Lovely man.
1: Very polite. How long's he been here, then? Here?
0: Oh, years. Years and years. At least 30, ever since Margie died. Margie? His wife. When she died, he came here to get away from it all. They were so devoted. I used to see them at the Christmas service in Exeter every year, holding hands like a pair of teenagers. He's still very active. That never appealed to me, leaving just to get away. When Julian died, I had no intention of moving. This is the family home after all. He's 85, you know, amazing really. Barbara? Yes? What about Dorothy? Dorothy? She moved to New Zealand. Mother used to phone her up every year at Christmas, until she lost her marbles. She had three kids and two husbands at least. Never met any of them.
1: Oh, that's nice. Uh, well, nice that some of us are still banging on. You know, people always used to say she was the prettier of the two of you. I never saw it myself. I always thought between the two of you she couldn't hold a candle. Jim,
0: we're twins. Identical twins.
1: Nonetheless, I could always tell you apart. Even from a distance. For me, you were always the pretty one. Barbara? Barbara, I've got a car. I'd like to see you again. I could come here and take you for a spin, a drive. We could go to the beach at Big on sea Just once, for old time's sake. Not when the crowds are up, but on a weekday, when it's not too bad. I know I'm not supposed to ask. I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life grieving. But we haven't got much time left, any of us. And it seems such a waste. That may work for some, but not for me. When I broke up with a girl in my twenties, I didn't sit around moping. I just went out and got another one. Best way of getting over it. Some like to go through a mourning period, wearing black and so forth. Not me. I'm not asking you to marry me, Barbara. Just, well, I'd like to take you out for a drive. Have a meal. Fish and chips by the seaside. What do you say? Jim... She's only just gone. I'm not asking you to
0: marry me, Barbara. All right, Jim. I'd like that. What? At least it gets me out of the house. And it's a lovely day for September, isn't it? Lovely and warm.
2: Too many leaves. They play havoc with the lawnmower. What's wrong with fires, anyway? Recycling. I mean, does anyone seriously imagine that any of this is reusable? And it's all done by hand, not by machine, which is what I'm doing now. I'm saving up the paper for burning and cutting out the middleman. I'm doing a public service. You could join us sometime. No need. I have my own car. I know where the beach is. Been there several times. Quite frankly, I can think of nothing worse than sitting on the seafront eating jelly eels and drinking lukewarm tea out of a
0: styrofoam cup. But thanks for asking. There isn't much call for jelly eels in Big Briance Sea, Kenneth. And we're not going to the seaside this time. No. We're going to the Cheese Festival in Boxminster.
2: Oh, yes. Well, you can pick me up half a pound of Wensleydale. It can be quite pleasant, you know. I don't doubt it. The simple things. Which is precisely why I'm organising a bonfire instead of gallivanting off on a pointless jaunt to get some cut price double
0: Gloucester. How long have we known each other, Kenneth? Must be over 30 years now. And you've never taken me for a drive? I have.
2: We used to go to Morrison's every Wednesday, regular as clockwork. Now they built the new waitrose, it makes no sense.
0: But not for a drive, drive. We went
2: to Ikea a fortnight ago, got you a new bedside lamp.
0: I mean a drive without a purpose. Why would you ever want to do that? It can be quite fun, just doing something pointless but different. It's a dreadful shame to get stuck in a rut, don't you think? Why would anyone want to go on a
2: drive for no purpose? What's the point? What's wrong with standing still? These days everyone is in such a rush. They've got no patience, Twenty-twenty cricket, penalty shootouts, interactive television, and I've got to go to work later. It's Tuesday, Barbara. Can't miss my shift.
0: Well, he'll be here in a minute.
2: I'll look in on her if you want, if you'd like, if you're worried just before I go. She'll be all right.
0: We'll only be a couple of hours. It's not like I'm emigrating.
2: I'll keep an ear out for her. She's got my mobile.
0: You don't have to. It'll do her good.
2: Not that I'd be able to actually understand anything she says, of course, but I can probably get the gist. And she needs somebody around, Barbara. She isn't getting any younger. Just one thing. I'm sure it's nothing. But I've been doing some homework on that fancy man of yours. Some research. Wasn't difficult. Just rang Barry up. Took him five minutes. Kenneth, I really
0: don't want to know. He's got a history, Barb. A record. It isn't as long as my arm, is it? He's been inside. Yes, I know. Petty thieving when he was a teenager. Borstal. I know all
2: about that. There's slightly more than that, Barbara. He's done serious porridge.
0: Well, just so long as he isn't a serial killer, I really don't mind. Go on then, tell me. You're champing at the bit to get it off your chest. What's he done then? You mean aside from the shoplifting? Worse? And the handling of stolen goods? He's a villain, Barbara. You'd better sit down. What did he do? cycle somewhere without a real light worse much worse importuning what
2: loitering in a public lavatory and gratifying the desires of older men barbara he's a homosexual jim yes your fancy man
0: yes i know he told me he told you one of the first things he said to me barbara i don't know quite how to put this but at our age, none of us ought to be in the business of misleading each other. The fact, Bob, my dear, is that I am a gay man. Right, now let's polish off these chips before the tide comes in. He said all that. <laughs> that took the wind out of your sails, didn't it? Mind, it took the wind out of my sails. Not that I wanted a quick fumble, exactly. Anyway, I found it rather touching. Not many men are quite that open about their likes and dislikes. Most men take about 20 or 30 years to get it out of them. He's a villain, a serial offender. There is a statute of limitations on these things, Ken. In fact, he's done terribly well to make something of himself after all he did. He's a doctor. Now that's not strictly true, Barbara. He was a
2: homeopath. That's a very different kettle of fish. Helping people he was. That's all that matters. He wasn't helping people in the toilets. He was doing it for money.
0: It was 60 years ago. Did he tell you he'd been inside? Not while he was a grown-up. That much he kept from me. But he did intimate that there were certain things he wasn't Mm. totally proud of. There. That's enough surprises for one afternoon. A memorable phrase-maker, your fancy man, isn't he? He does indeed have a way with words. In fact, he's a poet.
2: Yes, he looks a sort. Published, too. I dare say.
0: In book form. He read one out to me. It was lovely. He wrote it for the first man he ever loved.
2: How very touching. So, you see,
0: he has been reasonably straightforward with me.
2: He's a liar, at least. He made up a whole cock and bull story about us being at school together. Me bullying him. Well, did you? Stuff and nonsense. We didn't go to the same school. I'm ten years older than him. He's a liar, not even a good one. He's got lots of pseudonyms, too. Dozens of them.
0: Why? What name does he give you? Jim Talbot. Oh. Well, I remember him as Jim Griffith. Maybe he changed his name once he got out of prison. Or maybe he got a new stepfather. The man's a dissembler. A minor offence, all told. We've all got skeletons in the closet, no doubt even you. I mean, is Barry actually allowed to tell you all this stuff? He's a policeman. I was a policeman. But there are privacy issues, data protection. You can't just go rifling through somebody's history like this. Can you? He's a villain. We're allowed to cut a few corners. It would get thrown out of court, Ken.
2: I watch Miss Marple. Well, what about? About all this money. Where did he get it? I don't mind him spending it on you, but where did he get it? When he first came here last month, he was pleading poverty. Wore the same shoes every day. Now, a month later, he's living the life of Riley.
0: Judith must have given him something.
2: Why would she do that? She was at death's door, had all these nieces and nephews. Why would she go to all that trouble to change her will for someone she barely knows? I just don't want you to get hurt, Barb. We're not eloping. Well then.
0: Time for that bonfire. Do it later, Kenneth. Later when we've gone. No point in smoking the place out. Sandra's just put her washing out. You
2: shouldn't be going anywhere really. I mean with your mother like she is. She almost collapsed last week.
0: It was just another one of her turns. She always has them when I'm just about to leave the house, haven't you noticed? That's the first time I've ever heard you say that. It's true though, isn't it? Ever since she lost the ability to speak, she's become an attention seeker, hasn't she? She's lonely. Well, we did offer to take her. You know, I do worry. Yes? Oh, no, not just that. Sometimes... Well, you know this is her house. Yes. Well, what happens? She's 99, Ken. She isn't going to be with us forever. Then what? Ah, here we are. What a lovely
2: motor. Well, I'll be off. Don't want to be a gooseberry.
0: You can stay.
1: Have a cup of tea with us at least. Barbara! Have I scared him away?
0: It's your bedside manner, Jim. He doesn't want to be a gooseberry.
1: Cup of tea, black, no sugar. Mm, Maybe we should wait till we get there. I don't like the idea of him glaring at me from behind his lawnmower. He doesn't like me, that man. I've tried, you know, really tried. He's had it in for me from the beginning. That's just his way. What works with him? Sarcasm? Humour? Kindness? Or maybe I should just suck up to him. Damned if I know. Oh, there he goes. Oh, Kenneth. A spot of gardening. I could do with one of those.
2: I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you, Jim. I'm just doing the lawn.
1: I was just telling Barbara I could do with one of those.
2: That right.
1: Now I've got my new house to look after. I've gone and lumbered myself with the garden. So I was thinking of getting a pair of goats. Boy goat and girl goat. They like eating grass, don't they? I believe they're very partial to it. They make a very good curry too, I'm told. But then they might start on the begonias as well, eh? Couldn't be having that. So she really did leave you the house, did
2: she? Just a question of dotting a few I's and crossing a few T's. Well, if you really want a lawnmower, you can always get a discounted at B&Q. It's 10% off on Wednesdays, with you being a pensioner. If you ask nicely, I could even give you my staff discount. That's 20%.
1: That's very generous. But I'd need someone to work it. I pay good wages, £10 an hour. Five hours a week ought to do it. Cash in hand. Are you asking me to be your gardener? I assume you work for the financial rewards, not just the intellectual challenge. That is why you continue your employment in the retail industry, isn't it? Would you like to join us for a cup of tea, Kenneth? Don't put yourself out. I've work to do.
0: I'll just put the kettle on, then pop upstairs and see Mother. Shan't be long. I'll go for you. Say hello. Oh, would you? She always enjoys seeing you. I got
1: her these.
0: Does she like
1: mint chocolate bonbons?
0: Oh, Jim, you are a sweetie.
1: I'll make sure she doesn't eat them all at once.
0: At least he brings chocolates.
1: Barbara,
2: I'm trying to look out for you. I've no objection to your having friends, and I know you like to think the best of people. It's not that I have a problem with him being a homosexual either. Like them or not, they're here to stay.
0: My problem is his criminality. Ken... This has got to stop. I can look after myself. What do you think he's going to do with me precisely? I'm not a virgin. I know that. You've got children, Barbara. Look,
2: I'm only saying... Don't mind me. I've got plenty to do. After I've finished the mowing, there's the pond. I've been meaning to clean that out for weeks. Must be
0: getting very difficult for the goldfish.
1: I'm not sure she's in the rudest of health, Barbara.
0: She never is when I'm about to go out.
2: I'm sure your winning smile would have done of the world of good, James. Kenneth, I detect take sarcasm. Never. Irony, perhaps, but never sarcasm. You really ought to know the difference, you being a poet and all. Who told you that? The grapevine is alive with gossip. I'm very partial to a bit of poetry myself. Did an evening course in it once, just after I retired... Beowulf was a particular favourite. Perhaps you could recite one, your favourite, bit of Wordsworth, perhaps, Percy Bysshe Shelley, or maybe you're more of an Ovid man. Go and buy the book. You read one to Barbara. Fine woman, isn't she? Barbara, salt of the earth. She never complains, you know. Lives on the breadline too. Just scrapes by on her pension, but I've never heard a word of complaint. All those nice clothes, charity shops. There's no money there.
1: People are so materialistic these days. It's refreshing to come across someone concerned with the higher things. That's what I admire most, I think. Thinks the world of you too, you know. She does, does she? You've been living next door for 30 years. Never a cross word? That says something. No, she's divine got a lovely, serene air about her, but you know what I like best? Her bosoms. I love bosoms. Some men like buttocks, some like legs. Me, I'm a breasts man, and make no apology for it. That's all. In fact, between you and me, I'm going to drive her all the way to the front at Big Brion Sea. We're going to sit down on a public bench where I intend to smother my nose in her cleavage. That's so. And then, after a bit, I'll lay her down on the sand and bite her knickers off. (laughs) They're in front of all the people walking their dogs. Good for you.
2: She deserves some affection. I thought you were going to the cheese festival.
1: That's afterwards. A quick grope next to the stall selling red Leicester doesn't have quite the same appeal. It's about time. I don't think she's seen any action since
2: before the Falklands. A firm young body like yours is just what she
1: needs. Oh, take precautions. Wouldn't want to put her in the family way. I tell you, when we were kids, she was a right slapper. She and her sister, they shagged anything that moved back then. Yankee airmen, milkman. I've spent over 60 years wondering what it would be like to score with Barbara. And now I'm going to find out.
2: Quit your boasting. I know all about you. I've done my research. You never were a doctor, were you? You were a quack, homeopathy, and how long did that last? You never got a qualification in your life, am I right? I had my reasons. The same reason
1: you had for misrepresenting yourself for which you got sued. You have been busy. And all because I called myself a doctor? Yes, I exaggerated, but women don't understand these fine distinctions.
2: Whereupon you reverted to your previous habit, living off others. Only this time it's elderly widows. My previous habit? Croydon Public Toilets. Winter of 1952. You were arrested for lewd behaviour. So I was. You're a homosexual, aren't you, Jim lad?
1: Now, at my age, Kenneth, that's fairly academic, isn't it?
2: Remember the first time we met i threatened to ram your tongue down your throat if I felt your intentions weren't honourable.
1: I assumed you were talking metaphorically. I mean, you're no longer a policeman. You can't beat people up anymore. There are rules about it now.
2: I never beat up anybody, not even the Irish.
1: What exactly is worrying you? What do you think we get up to? I'll get a blanket out of the back of the car, roll it over the sand and we're at it like a pair of bunny rabbits. I don't even like women. Do you fancy her or something, is that it? Or oh, if you fancy her, then ask her. You've had 30 years to give it a go. Don't try and turn
2: this into a conversation about me, son.
1: Are you jealous because I knew her first? But you know I'm gay, so you've got a head start on me already. Or haven't you discussed it? Oh, I bet you have. I bet you pulled her to one side and put it to her gently and ever so politely. Her best interest at heart and all the rest of it. Am I close? Mate, are you familiar with the phrase, striking while the iron is hot? For a smoothie, you are very crude. You ever wonder why she doesn't go down to the bottom of the garden? You ever even notice? Did she ever tell you about her
2: daddy? He died,
1: at the end of the war. Yes, but how? Anyway, I'm hurt. My sensibilities have taken a knock. Homeopathy is very respectable now.
2: Quack, quack.
1: I helped a lot of people. Of course, I'd like to have been a real doctor, but with my background, no university would take me. When I was a kid, yes, I was a toe rag. I'm not proud of any of it. But it gets worse, Jim, because you're not a homosexual, are
2: you? Not really. It's a double bluff. You like to think it's all open and above board. Well, I know all about you. And I'm warning you, threatening you, if you like, that that is a card I'm still willing to play. How do you mean? Oh, you may have been arrested for it. And you may have spent your early years in the company of homosexuals. But I rather think it was opportunism that motivated you, rather than passion or lust. Deep down, I think you're a heterosexual.
1: Do you have any
2: grounds for this allegation? Blackmail. Until homosexuality was legalised in 67, you made a habit of getting into compromising positions with men of good standing, and then you extorted money off them. Married men, men with reputations.
1: You have no evidence. But
2: I do. You were prosecuted for it. You went to jail for it. I've seen the reports, the photographs. I still have some contacts in the force, like my boy Barry. He informs me that, for a start, you were born James Griffiths, which is the name you were known by when you first went to primary school, aged five. Yet now you're Jim Talbot. You were in the Navy for two years, yet you left under a cloud for reasons I've yet to uncover. On leaving the Navy, you embarked on a life of crime, living off the back and sweat of others, extortion and blackmail. When the law changed, you simply moved on to women.
1: Now, look... You
2: killed her, didn't you? Judith!
1: Now, wait a minute!
2: This is what you do. Unnatural acts? Blackmail? Murder? Just another step on your slide
1: down the slippery slope. Kenneth, I'm not Harold Shipman. She was about to die anyway. Why would I bother?
2: Because time was of the essence. Otherwise, her family would have got in and stopped you in your tracks... You're not the sort to let the grass grow under your feet, are you? Hey. Now, there's no need to panic. I haven't told Barbara, not about the blackmail, nor the impersonating of a doctor business, just the homosexuality.
1: But it's the murder stuff that worries me. All right, I'm impressed. But you have no evidence, no hard evidence, otherwise you would have told her. Why not? Scared she'll forgive me? Well, if you want, you can tell her everything. I'm not scared. I've got bigger fish to fry, Jim.
0: Honestly, you two. What are you fighting about this time? Kenneth, I really don't know why you let yourself get so het up about things. We're only going for a drive. And Jim here is gay, as you well know, which is how it should be. Anyway, I like my life here, it's simple. I have friends all over the village. People know me. My daughter visits every week or so, and my son every other month, and he lives in Birmingham. What more do I need? Oh, by the way, can one of you call an ambulance? Mother's just died. It was one of those chocolates. Choked on it, she did.
2: gone. They've obviously got things to do, Barbara. Long journeys ahead of them. You can't blame them. They
0: could have stayed over.
2: You've got to think of the children. I'd have taken them too, you know. I did offer. The only reason Jim took them was because he wants to ingratiate himself. You do know that.
0: I feel numb. It's the shock. Shock? She was 99. As shocks go, this score's fairly low on the Richter scale, Kenneth. Shock.
2: It's been a long day. Let's put it that way.
0: Yes, I'll grant you that.
2: Quite a turnout too, considering. I mean, if I get to 99, I don't imagine there'll be too many people knocking around at my funeral. I imagine Barry may deign to put in an appearance, and some of the Stafford B&Q, and a few old coppers. But otherwise... They
0: could have stayed over. In a hotel if they couldn't face here. I did not see why. There are enough rooms. It would be quite easy to avoid me if that's what they want.
2: Perhaps. Perhaps. Barbara, can I say something?
0: Oh, Kenneth, do you have to? This
2: changes everything. I didn't know it till he came along. I didn't... People don't trust him, do they? Yes, he took Jeremy to the station, but he only did that to try and pal up with him. He's only been here five minutes and he's flashing the cash and acting like everyone's friend. You can't trust someone like that. I see him in the street. People cross the road to avoid him, even though he's grinning and smiling and slapping people on the back. He tries to high-five them. Maybe I'm boring. Quite possibly, yes. But at least I'm reliable. Barbara, I've come to a conclusion. What are you saying, Kenneth? I think it's time we put our relationship on a more stable footing, an even keel. I'm getting on a bit and we're both set in our ways. But I'd still like you to consider going out with me at least. Girlfriend, boyfriend sort of thing. But if you don't, well, I can still carry on as per usual. Doing your garden, putting creosote on your fence, the odd bit of emergency repair work to the garage, mowing the lawn, getting rid of the weeds from the flower bed, unblocking your drains in the middle of winter, sweeping the leaves off the driveway, ripping the ivy off the walls. I can still get up a ladder, Barbara. None of that need change.
0: I've given this a lot of thought. It's too late. I won't be here. But why? I've just heard about the will. It seems Mother had quite a lot of money squirrelled away. Almost two million pounds. Two million? She never told anyone. She inherited it from one of her lovers. I knew she had a bit, but that kind of money... She could have spent it or given it away. The least she could have done was bypass me and give it straight to the children. But no. She's gone and left it all to Dorothy. Dorothy? She hasn't seen her for 50 years. Why? She doesn't deserve it. She doesn't need it. She's been living in the lap of luxury in Auckland and now she gets the house and the money. What does she want the house for? We had an agreement. She'd give it to the children. They'd let me live here till I go, then they'd get it. She double-crossed me, my own mother. You can contest it, can't you? She always hated me. Me staying here all these years like a doormat. The more I did, the more she despised me. Dorothy was cleverer than me, that's all. She got away. I'm sure
2: it wasn't like that, Barbara.
0: Then why give it to Dottie?
2: Maybe she knew you could look after yourself, whereas Dorothy couldn't. Maybe she was having a terrible time out there. You never know. You're
0: clutching at straws. It's going to Dorothy. She'll just sell it off and I'll have to move out. It's over. Dear old Moira, she must be looking up at me and laughing. This has been hanging over me for the best part of 50 years, waiting for mother to die. I always thought I'd go to pieces. It didn't help to know that everyone was looking at me. What did they expect? I was going to start hammering at the coffin, begging her to come back. I've read of people whose parents died, neurotic people. All that repression lifted and they go off and do the things they always wanted to do. Maybe sometimes dying is the best thing a parent can do for a child. Well, hang on. Look, you shouldn't
2: think about things like this right now. It's been a terrible day, Barbara. Who knows how things will turn out? There might be another will. There often is. People often write them. It might be lost somewhere, gathering dust.
0: Dorothy wins. That's how things always turn out. Don't be silly. Silly? Ever since I was a little girl, I always dreamed of going to New Zealand or Australia. She knew that. When we were girls, we always talked about where we wanted to live. And I used to say, I'd dig a hole to the other side of the world. That's why she went. She knew I wouldn't go too. I couldn't leave mum. Perfect. She's played this absolutely perfectly. Going to the other side of the world gave her a mystique, too. You don't have a mystique when you spend 79 years in the same house. I've never even seen a kangaroo. I told you this would happen. You didn't listen. You
2: must have some money, a little stashed away.
0: Not enough to stay. I was relying on Mother. We had an agreement. You could move in with Lisa. I'm sure there's space. Oh, yes, like you could move in with Barry. They didn't even want to spend the night, Ken, let alone the rest of my life. I'll just have to go and find a tiny flat in a retirement home. Some granny flat somewhere with a warden and a lift. I hate lifts. Well, there is always the possibility... Always competing, she was. Even when I made Daddy's favourite, Madeira cake, she always took the credit and they went along with it. She was always their favourite, just because she slithered out of Mother's room half an hour before I did. You can't blame Dorothy for this. Oh, I don't. I admire her for it. It's Moira. What a poisonous witch she was. Everyone said so. I never listened. I wish she'd burned down in the shed with Dad. Barbara. It would have been for the best. Barbara, you're not talking sense. I miss my Daddy. I was only 12 when he died. I hope I die soon so that I can meet him again. Do you believe in that, Kenneth? Life after death? Barbara. You must think about it. I think about it all the time. What else is there to think about? I don't know. Nor me.
2: Though I have to say, I doubt it. I mean, how do we come back? As children? Old people? The age we were when we died? Imagine heaven full of doddery old men and women, all pushing their Zimmer frames. Plus the odd lad who was killed in the war. It's all so fanciful.
0: Yes. Still... If there isn't a life after death, at least that saves me from having to meet the old trout again. She ruined my damn life! You must calm down. You're upset. It's natural.
2: But you must talk to a lawyer first thing tomorrow. There's no point getting into a state about it.
0: You're only doing this because of him, aren't you? What do you mean? It's him. Jim. Jim. Ever since he turned up, you've gone all protective, always wanting to know how I am. You won't leave me alone, us alone. I
2: don't think I... I
0: don't even fancy him. You don't? Oh, he's all right. And he's fun. But he's smarmy. There's something oily about him, like a fish or a lizard. Like this, running the children off to the railway station. They should have walked. Or got a taxi if they're so desperate to get away. Still, I like his stories, even if I don't believe half of them. Must be odd at his age to have to try so hard. Didn't you think, growing old, that at least, well, one of the things you sort of look forward to is that you can speak your mind a bit more. I'm not saying you're going to be rude or anything, but you think you're going to give yourself permission to be a bit more truthful. Then along comes Jim. He's like a puppy. He just wants someone to tickle him all the time. He was a pathetic little runt when he was a child, always sucking up to us, Judith and me, even Dorothy. Oh, here he comes now. All dripping enthusiasm and fun. I suppose he wants another wretched cup of tea.
1: Yo, Kenny boy, fancy going down the pub? It's been a long day, Jim. Just a beer or two, Devon glory. You go. Not a tod, mate. Hanging out with the Green Welly Brigade is not my idea of fun. How's Barbara? Is she all right now? I saw her scuttling away.
2: Well, she's not very bad, considering... Considering you murdered her mother...
1: You're not still trying to stick that one on me, are you? After all, you don't actually believe it, do you? I don't. Because if you did, you'd have done something about it. You didn't suggest an autopsy, did you? Kenneth, she died. She was 99 and she died. End of. I could tell the cops about my suspicions. Times have changed. Police like evidence now. They can't just imprison people on a whim. Yes, but this one was buried,
2: not cremated. They could still dig her up, take a look. The worms won't even
1: have started munching her yet. Barbara would never forgive you. Anyway, she's suffocated. An autopsy wouldn't prove anything. Unless you've still got the silver wrapper. Got it in an envelope somewhere, have we, just in case? No,
2: you're too careful for that. I should imagine it was more a case of a pillow over the mouth. All they need to find is one cracked rib and you're toast. You're still a parasite.
1: I dare say. But then, parasites need hosts, and there are plenty of those lined up. You see, Kenneth, whenever I want a new suit, somebody offers me their old one. A new telly? Never bought one in my life. People want a new one with Blu-ray and high-definition, and I'm the great excuse they need. People do me favours. Oh, you want to stay at our holiday home for a week or two this summer? Yes, why not? Yes, come over for supper, Jim. Poor old Jim, he doesn't know how to cook. Can't look after himself. They all think it. So, I get a free meal, and they get to feel all warm-hearted. You're not so different. Look at you and your damn lawnmower. Have you ever even asked Barbara if she wanted her lawn doing?
2: Yes, every time. Once a week, right through spring and summer. I always ask. I never like to interfere. There is a difference.
1: If that's the story you tell yourself, then go ahead. But I'm not fooled. So you'll be sticking around, will you? I wonder for how long. I like Barbara. I like Devon. Didn't think I would, but right this minute, I find it amusing. That's so.
2: Well, maybe this could change things. She's had some grim news. She'll be back in a moment and will no doubt tell you all about it. But I think I can give you the gist of it. Just a flavour, a teaser. You won't like it either, I'll bet. No? Why? It's the will. Dorothy gets everything. Dorothy? Every single penny, plus the house. So you won't be getting anything either. Looks like you killed off Moira for no reason, other than pure pleasure of course. I know, terrible news. She'll have to leave here too. So it was all totally pointless. You may as well go home now, James. Alternatively, you could take her in. Must be a bit lonely in that pile you've inherited, no?
1: Put a sock in it, old man. Listen, Barbara's mum died of natural causes and there's nothing good to be said about it, except the usual clichés. Barbara must be feeling bereft. And you? You're envious, because someone else is suffering and for one brief second the limelight isn't on you. Barbara? Barbara? This woman you lorded over like a mother hen? She's suffering and you're pottering around spreading mischief. Isn't it time you put up or shut up? Maybe not.
2: Maybe I've got plans. Have you ever been blackmailed, Jim? Yes, I know you've done it yourself. You went to prison for it. But has it ever happened to you? What are you playing at? Quite a lot in my head. You see, prison doesn't work, does it? That's what the do-gooders tell us. You're the living proof. Punishment, retribution, revenge, now they work. You've just got to find something the villain values and take it away from him. Actions have consequences, Jim. I know how to make you squirm.
0: I can't leave you two alone for a minute. Here's some tea, Jim.
1: Uh Look, if it's all the same to you, Barbara, I'm all teed out. I know it's protocol, but frankly, I prefer a beer. You want one? Yes, all right. Why the hell not?
0: Let's go down the pub, have a wake. What the hell?
2: It's only three o'clock, Barbara.
0: Yes, and the sooner I can get drunk, the better. Did you tell him, Ken? No. I've heard about the will. Mother gave Dorothy everything, the house and the cash... Every last penny, which means I am going to have to leave. Lisa told me she wrote it 40 years ago, never changed it.
1: Well, you could contest it. See a lawyer.
0: Oh, I've been through all this with Kenneth.
1: It's too late. But what will you do? She won't kick you out. Dorothy! Well, you could move in with Kenneth. I am not living next to my sister. Then you could move in with me.
0: I'm not sharing with anyone. Not at my age.
1: Then we have a problem. You know
0: what we're
2: going to have to do, don't you? Robbery. What? Robbery, Jim. You must have tried it. I'm a bit out of touch. Bear with me. I've given this some thought. Kenneth, I really do think
1: you need a pint.
0: Give him a chance, Jim. He's hardly started. B and Q. I know it backwards.
2: We go there in separate cars. For me, it's a working day. You two, you go in Jim's motor with the number plates blacked out. Half an hour into my shift, you come in. Barbara first. Barbara collapses, faints, causes a distraction. You go round the back, rob the safe. I'll leave it open. Just when I'm opening it up, someone comes in and says a customer's had a heart attack. The Securico van doesn't come till five. Most people use credit cards these days, so they only come once a week. But a week's stash is sizeable. Some weeks we take nearly 80 grand. You just take it out, walk over to your car and drive off. I know where the security cameras are. You can wear a balaclava. They'll know Barbara's my neighbour, but that'll be to my advantage. Explain my emotional state. Just been to a funeral. Now, some clever person might wonder why Barbara has come in when I work there. I could have given her a lift. Yes, but Barbara does like a nice walk, and it wouldn't be the first time you've popped in, eh? Feeling a bit distraught after the funeral, you wanted company. Worst case scenario, we get caught. The balance of our minds was disturbed. We're all very old. We didn't know what we were doing. No one will suspect me. I'm a copper.
0: What do you say, Barbs? Sounds pretty plausible so far. Now, hold on. You're asking us to rob your B&Q? Why not?
2: What are you scared of? What the neighbours think? Well, Barbara's my neighbour. She needs the money, Jim. She's going to be a bag lady. Walking the streets, pushing around a trolley full of old rubbish, that's no way to end your days. Eighty thousand quid could
1: save her. OK, Let's be practical. The B&Q is two miles away. When does she ever walk there? There's a whole shopping centre, coffee shops, Sue Ryder. What if it goes wrong? I've been inside. You wouldn't want any of that. They hate coppers in there. Once they know you were one, they'll knife you.
2: I was in a POW camp in Burma. I'm not scared. They won't
0: send us to prison, Jim.
1: They would me. I've got a record. Then don't get caught. Barbara! Ken, you're a policeman. And look where it got me.
2: We're forgotten people. The young patronisers, when do they ever visit? Funerals and Christmas. Marvellous. Your
1: son Barry, he's a copper too.
2: He'll be disgraced. He retires in a couple of months. Anyway, they'll just say I've got
1: Alzheimer's. Well, it is possible. I mean, look at you. The memory loss, the paranoia, the crankiness. Ken, you must have been a nice bloke once. Now you want to do a robbery?
2: So I'm demented. So I've gone do Lally. There are worse things to be.
1: Barbara, reason with him. Where's the harm? Bit of fun at our age, eh? Hang on. Hang on. Kenneth, you're not the criminal type. One of my talents is an amazing ability to forgive myself. I can come to terms with anything. But you? You've got a conscience. Even if you got away with this, you'd be chewed up by guilt. It's a non-starter. I've given this
2: copious thought. I've just been waiting for the person who can help me. James, you are that
1: man. You've done this before, haven't you, you slimy crook? You're a bent copper.
2: Of course I am. I worked in Soho during the 70s. You really don't want to say no to me, do you? Like you say, prison at our age could be most unpleasant. Of course, if you're not the murdering kind, you've got nothing to be scared of. You're setting me up. Both of you. Barbara. She'll be with you, yards away. You go down, she goes down. Refuse, and I spill the beans. I can destroy your reputation. Just a little phone call to the local police station... Even if none of it sticks, word will get out. All the pseudonyms, being inside, blackmail, suspicion of murder. You'll be chased out of Devon before you know it. No more telling stories down the pub, getting the young folk to buy you a pint. You will be a social leper. All the women you've seen off, they'll be digging up all their corpses.
1: How long have you been planning this?
2: Ever since I got the job there. Natural. I'm a copper, trained to spot weaknesses. Do it for Barbara, Jim. She needs some money. Right, give me two
0: minutes. Just like old times, eh?
1: You've been planning this for ages. That's why I'm here, isn't it? This is why you humoured me. You only live once, Jim. Ooh, you've got me over a barrel, haven't you?
0: Just like old times.
1: You do remember,
0: don't you? Of course I do, Jimmy Love. What a sad sack you were.
1: You did it, didn't you, Babs? It was you. Of course it was.
0: should have done it years ago.
1: I wouldn't do that if I were you. You might wreck the machine with a loose firework. And it isn't your lawn. You know, you could cheer up a little. I did warn you. You should go and spend time with your family, Ken. times like these you need to remember why you existed. See your son. You could come out to Cyprus if you like. Barbecues in January, sky sports on the telly. That's where I'm going it's where my daughter lives you didn't know i had a daughter did you well i do and grandkids four of them there's this old dear lives down the road got emphysema sounds promising you should have saved her you're supposed to be a doctor i thought she was acting i didn't know it was a real heart attack
2: it's all my
1: fault If only I hadn't thought about robbing that place, she'd be right
2: here now. I must be bonkers. She's the only woman I ever loved. Margie meant nothing in comparison. I never said it. Never said it. Now I never will.
1: I suppose it's little consolation to say she'd probably have died soon anyway. Oh, for once in your life, please. She had a dicky heart. Sooner or later, something would have triggered it. Falling on the ice, watching Corrie. She took one for the team, Ken. You did want her to cause a distraction, didn't you? How was I supposed to know it was for real?
2: There! Take it! Blood money! What? This! I don't want it. No use to me.
1: Oh, don't be silly. Fifty-fifty.
2: I don't want any of it.
1: You're getting half. Even though I need it. The little toe rags are contesting the will. Judas brats! I've got a letter this morning. I suppose I could spend it all before they get their mitts on it. Don't suppose you know any good lawyers, do you? In your line of work, you must have met the odd one. Why? What for? Well, they've offered me 60 grand if I just float away. And I'm thinking of taking it.
2: Fight your corner. It's a bit late to go all
1: sweet on me, Ken.
2: I'm not. I just want you to go. Everything was fine till you turned up. Take it. Sell your flat, take the sixty thou. Altogether, that ought to see you off all right in Cyprus.
1: You can't lay all this on me. It was your idea.
2: You're a doctor. You should have spotted something.
1: Oh, leave it. I wasn't a doctor, I was a homeopath. And a bad one at that. Couldn't spot a broken ankle, me.
2: You're a menace. Everything you touch turns to death. Even that badger. That happened just before you turned up. We never had one before. Never... Since then, we've had Judith, Moira, Barbara. Who's next? Me? I don't have any money, Jim. What are you sticking around for? A civil partnership? Kenneth, I
1: just don't think I can leave you here like this. Don't stay on my account. I've lost people before. Ken, I really can't bear the idea of you spending your twilight days in a cloud of regret. I think it's time I told you a few home truths. You do, do you? Fact is, it makes me puke. Of course, I'm grateful you didn't actually accuse me of killing her this time. That's progress of sorts. But still, every time somebody pops their clogs around here, I get the blame. I've had enough of it. You think I killed all these people, don't you? Like I'm some kind of angel of doom, some raven picking off all the old deers. Kenneth, I can honestly say, hand on heart, that I've never deliberately killed anyone. Now, when I was nine, I used to chase around with these two girls, Judith and Barbara. Ponytails, freckles, cute little smiles. Precocious brats they were. vicious things too. Torturing animals. Magnifying glass on ants. Blowing up wasps' nests with weed killer. Got me to put a firework in his shed. It was victory in Europe night. Everybody was celebrating. All the adults... Street parties, bunting, union jacks, everything. Everyone except him, of course, the old brute. He was in his shed getting sozzled. It was a practical joke, see? I just stuck a jumping jack through a little open window. We were just larking about. I don't think they actually wanted to kill him. But they'd poured petrol over the floor, see? I didn't find out till the next day. Judith told me. It was at this old house in Devon. This old house. Ah, He wasn't a nice man, especially when he'd had a few. I never really felt too bad about it. Even years later when it all dawned on me. And you know, the amazing thing about Barbara is that these last three months she never mentioned it. She seemed happy to see me. But then there was just a moment after Morda's funeral. Suddenly she just let go for a second and she told me. She did it. She killed Moira. Barbara? Stuck a chocolate down her throat. Oh, she was pretty keen on the robbery idea, wasn't she? Is that what you expect from a saint? Robbery? Come off it. I mean, you had discussed it before, hadn't you? She wasn't exactly surprised when you came up with it. She was very clever Barbara, getting others to do her dirty work. You know how people start babbling when they get old, want to get things off their chest? When Judith found me on Facebook, she started sending me messages. So I had to come back, which is why Barbara killed her. Yes, Judith was ill, but when Babs heard I was back, she soon popped over for a visit. Just the two of them, armed with Madeira cake. Rat poison, I should think. Now they've all gone. You're the only one who knows now, and you won't tell.
2: Are you saying Barbara was a murderess? A serial murderess?
1: Her dad? Judith? Now her mum? This is disgraceful. She hasn't even been cremated yet. Oh, please yourself. I didn't expect you to fall over smiling like a monkey at the news. You haven't got any proof. It was Dorothy.
2: I bet it was Dorothy. I
1: really wish it had been. But no, Dorothy liked her dad. Anyway, you're the one with the evidence. That silver wrapper. You kept it, didn't you? We'll get Barry to send it down to forensics, see whose prints are on it. Who knows what a can of worms he'll unleash. Never! For all I know, she killed the badger, just because she could. Come on, Ken, let's go. It starts in an hour.
2: I'm not listening. Why should I? You're a proven liar. Yes, she had her weaknesses, but the way you talk is like she was some kind of a demon. Typical of you to try and poison this. Yes, i talked about the robbery, but it was only as a joke. Nothing serious, just a fancy to pass away the time. But she never made me do anything. She was the sweetest, nicest, kindest person I ever knew. I would give anything to glimpse her, just to see her face again one more time.
0: Now, one of you is James Griffiths. Dorothy? Ah, you look better in short trousers anyway, and you presumably are Kenneth. So Sonny Jim, how you keeping? Dorothy! So they finally built a new shed eh?
1: Blow me, Dottie's back. Look old son, I'm off. Truth is I never did like funerals. I'll send you a postcard, and if you ever fancy some sun then do pop along.
0: Jim! Sonny Jim, come back here this minute! Typical. So, were you one of the Barbara fans? What? Were you smitten? She was all right. Of Course you were. What was she like? What was she like? Yes, I know. She used to love this garden. Spent hours here playing. You must have heard about our dad, eh? Dorothy? Yes? Jim said she killed him. Said it was her that planned it. Did he now? Well, you'd only to listen to Sonny Jim, Kenneth. Born storyteller, that one. No, it was an accident. Mind you, I often did wonder. We weren't really alike, me and Barbara. I think I first noticed it when she took exception to the school rabbit... All girls like rabbits, don't they? She didn't kill mum, did she?
2: No. No.
0: You never do know people anyway. Took me 20 years to figure out my second husband was a bastard. So, maybe. Fire. She loved playing with fire. Cremation soon. It's the time for a cup of tea, do you think? You want one? Come inside, Kenneth. I'll get you one. Then you can tell me all about it. But first, you better put your tie on straight. Ooh, I bet you used to look good in uniform. You have been listening to Country Life by Peter Griffith, directed by Paul Blinkhorn. With Margie Campy as Barbara and Dorothy. Chris Biern as Jim, and David Forrester's Ken. It was produced by Jack Bowman, with sound design and original music by Simon James Cookson. It was engineered by Carlos Sicorelli at Unity Studios. For more free audio downloads, please visit www.wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk.